Good afternoon, dear parents and community, and thank you for joining us live. Uh, today, we have with us Ms. Uh, Brianna Kliaporas and Ms. Ella Hujaish from Star International Academy, and they will be presenting a very important topic about understanding burnout and um in uncertain times uh, before we start the presentation uh, i'm happy to uh, let all of our students and parents know as you have probably been notified uh, via our the different channels of the schools that on uh, starting on monday may 3rd uh, which is this upcoming monday uh, uh, all HES Academies will be welcoming back students for in-person learning. Um, those who have selected the in-person option for their children uh, will be allowed into the building. All CDC and state safety guidelines for in-person learning must be followed by all students while in the building. Students who opted out of in-person will still need to attend all their live sessions as normal via uh, online. Uh, I'd like to also remind all the uh, chess club members of all HES academies that today will be the spring tournament. So please make sure that you uh, join chesskid.com at 3.45 p.m. and join the tournament, which will start sharp at 4 p.m. You have to be on before 4 p.m., otherwise you cannot join after 4 p.m. the tournament. So good luck, and we'll see you in the tournament. I would like to also announce that Universal Academy Student Government uh, is organizing a fundraising clothes for Yemen. Uh, they are collecting new or like new items, jackets, pants, abayas, hijabs, dress shirts, baby clothes, for socks, undergarments, uh, they have to be new. Shoes, please tie them to pair. And they also accept blankets. Please make sure that they're clean, folded, placely, uh, placed neatly in a package or a bag, and submitted between 10.30 a.m. and 12.30 p.m. on Thursdays at Universal Academy parking lot in the designated boxes. Please do not bring them after 12.30 p.m because they will be picked up at 12.30 p.m. Anything that is left over afterwards will probably go to trash, so we hate to see them being wasted. If you do not make it by 12.30 p.m., then just hold on to them till next Thursday. We'll probably be running it for a few Thursdays from now till the end of the school year. Uh, with that, that's the end of my announcements. And uh, without further ado, I'd like to present to you the great social workers of Star International Academy with this important presentation. Thank you. All right, awesome. Thank you for joining us this afternoon. I'm Miss um, Brianna Kalaporis. I'm the high school social worker at Star International Academy. And I'm Miss Ala Hoshish. I am the elementary and middle school social worker at Star International Academy. And today we're gonna to be bringing a very important topic to you guys, understanding burnout in uncertain times. So we're talking about the pandemic, right? And how we are feeling emotionally, physically, and how these uncertain times have been kind of almost a barrier to our overall health. And we wanna talk about self-care for parents and for their families. All right. So with further ado, today we're going to cover looking at the impacts of parent and garden, guardian, excuse me, and children well-being. We're going to understand the difference between stress and burnout. We're going to listen and think of strategies used to help prevent burnout. And we're also going to think about how we can receive extra help during these unpresented times. Um, further talking about, you know, the pandemic we're dealing with right now. So let's think about how a parent or guardian has been impacted during this um, pandemic. So since March 2020, 27% of parents reported worsening mental health for themselves and 14% reported worsening behavioral health for their children. 
So we're talking about, you know, behavior, behavioral health in their children and then mental health in themselves. The proportion of families with moderate or severe food insecurity increased from 6% before March 2020 to 8% after, as well as insurance for children decreased from 63% to 60%, and 24% of parents reported a loss of regular child care. So as we're going down the list, you see job loss, loss of child regular child care, moderate, severe food insecurity, change in insurance statuses, also considerable impact of physical and emotional well-being of the parent or guardian themselves. One in 10 families among whom 48% reported loss of the child care along with 16% reported in insurance status and 11% reported worsening food security. So overall, the national survey has shown us that this greatly wide in pandemic that we're dealing with has impacted us not just physically with our needs being met, but emotionally as well. So when we think about that's how it's affecting parents and guardians and how does that affect a child or a student's well-being? We want to think that there has been significant changes in their routine. This is having to go from physical uh, school to virtual school, physically distancing from family, from their friends, and even from places of worship if that was part of their community. We're also looking at the breaks in continu continuity of education. Uh, a lot of times there might be connectivity issues, there might be technology issues, the learning environment might affect how they can attend education breaks in the continuity of health. So when we're looking at that, a lot of students had maybe missed their well-being visits, um, the immunizations, and they had limited access to outside services, services such as therapy, speech therapy, occupational therapy, physical therapy, mental health appointments. All of this affected children. We also look at missing significant life events. This could be the grief of missing celebrations, birthdays, vacations, or any milestone that a student had, graduation. We really want to look at the amount of grief that the student missed in celebrating. And then we look at the loss of security and safety. So we kind of talked about that housing and food insecurity that happened. Uh, increased exposure to online things that could be um, exposing them to violence or harm online. And the threat of physical illness. Um, be, just being scared of the pandemic and the virus in itself when it's all around them, as well as uncertainty for their future, not knowing what their future might look like. If it's an older student, not knowing what college might look like, not feeling secure in those choices. All right, so when we look at currently what a parent or guardian of the student or of their child, what they carry, you know, we're looking at provide it in at-home school environment. Now parents are required to provide an at-home school environment. They're used to their child going off to school and now they kind of have the responsibility of providing that school environment for their child. Some parents may even be working from home on top of that, as well as you know keeping up with everyday duties, laundry, cleaning, caring for their families, um, as well as help children attend online schooling. So that ties into the at-home school environment. <clears throat> They're responsible for their child now attending their classes, making sure they're transitioning on well online well within classes, as well as maintain a physical balance of, uh, excuse me, maintain a healthy balance of physical and emotional well-being within themselves. So that's just, you know, taking care of themselves, as well as reduce emotional distress in their children. So now they have to deal with the stress that the pandemic has brought on their children with as well as within themselves. So when we look at this as a whole, the responsibilities during a crisis, this is a lot. It really is a lot, right? This is a lot what a parent is currently carrying and it's, it's overwhelming. And sometimes we might not um, consider all the things that our child is carrying as well. And when we look at what is a child carrying or what are the responsibilities that my child might have during a crisis? A lot of the children are now, they were forced into independent learning. Um, how, how are they gonna independently do this by themselves? Because so much of their time is, is doing things by, by themselves, the academic stress. A lot of children also have the responsibility of completing their house their household chores, as well as completing their homework. And that, that boundary line is blurred between school and home. They are responsible for managing their routine. 
planning for their future. Exposure to social media as well as there's a lot of responsibility to constantly be online. And a lot of our students uh, also experience helping their siblings. We see a lot of our older students, they have the responsibility of making sure their younger sibling is attending or helping them throughout the day. And when we think about this, for a student who's going through a pandemic, this is also a lot. They are also experiencing a lot such a, they are also experiencing a lot of parents and children. All right, moving forward, we kind of just want to define stress and just look at it as a, you know, what does it mean to be stressed? So any challenging event that requires physiological, cognitive, or behavioral adaptation. So given all that, it is inevitable that we are, that you are going to be experiencing stress right now. So awareness is the first step. We are all experiencing stress. I know I feel that. I'm sure Mrs. Hoje feels it as well. You know, it, it's inevitable at this point during the pandemic. So stress can be understood as having two parts, the stressor and the stress response. So let's look at that. The stressor, so right now the coronavirus crisis can be understood as a stressor, is a challenging situation that we need to adapt to, right? So that's the stressor in itself. So the response is how, excuse me, the stress response is how we adapt to the stressor. So behaviorally, we might be checking our phone, our email, the news, kind of keep up with updates on the coronavirus, as well as, you know, just keeping updates with our own work, um, personal duties, as maybe as our child duties, right? School closures, coming back to school, staying online, whatever the case may be. Physiologically, you might be having feelings of fear, uncertainty, and worry how, how this cri crisis has been affecting you or will continue to affect you. Five key staff and students, or you know how this is overall impacting us as a community, as being a staff member, as being a student, as being a family. The crisis is all impacting us. Physically, you might be losing sleep, overeating, undereating as a stress response. So those are all different responses. Again, we have the behavioral response, the physiological response, and the physical physical response. And it can be helpful to break down the process of stress a bit more so we can understand what we can do about it. So just kind of taking a look in your own life and seeing how you may be connecting to um, the stressor and these different stress responses can be helpful. As well as when we look at traumatic stress versus burnout. Okay, so now we define stress as a whole. Now we're going to kind of um, go down the ladder a little bit and look at traumatic stress and burnout, which are all categories of stress. So traumatic stress is a state of emotional dirtiness likely to come soon after an event or circumstances occur. So we're talking about like a car accident. Um, it might even be like a hurricane or some type of a house fire, um, a very traumatic event, right? So it's usually associated with severe physical and emotional harm that may be life-threatening. This may be experienced um, secondarily, vicariously through exposure, secondary traumatic stress. That's also something that is experienced as well. So even though you may be experiencing traumatic stress does not necessarily mean that you develop mental illness, but it can be related to acute stress disorder, PTSD, which is um, also a stress disorder, sleep disorder, substance abuse disorder. So that's traumatic stress in a nutshell. Also, burnout is a state of chronic stress. So this is something that builds up over time. This is not likely due to a life-threatening event, right? So this is something that is consistently burnt out or built up over time. So this could be related to work, um, working long hours, taking on exceedingly heavy workloads and putting constant pressure on yourself to excel. It could be, you know, part of a company, job culture, and, you know, this is what burnout is in a nutshell. So experiencing burnout does not necessarily mean that you develop mental illness, but it can be related to depression, anxiety, sleep disorders, and substance abuse disorders as well. So for right now, you guys, you as a whole might be experiencing traumatic stress from the pandemic. And you might be experiencing burnout from your everyday activities that you have been participating in, kind of reliving that same day over and over. The loss of normalcy in life itself has been gone. So that could be a reason for burnout. So we talked a lot about stress and what it is, but what happens if it goes unmanaged? If unmanaged stress can then lead to conditions that not only affect our mental health, but our physical health as well. 
which then leads to affecting the overall performance of our life. So really unmanaged stress on top of unmanaged stress over and over again, ultimately, ultimately leads to what we talked about as burnout. So when we think about burnout and what that might look like in us, um, burnout can look like a lot of different things. It can look like um, you're being, you're exhausted every single day and you're, you don't really have an explanation why. You can't figure out why you might feel so exhausted or so tired. Feeling negative day after day. Feeling irritable or annoyed. You find yourself overly sensitive. You might also feel hopeless. Uh, this can also lead to physical symptoms such as headaches, nausea, becoming physically ill. Uh, feeling inadequate, like nothing you do is enough. You're trying and you're trying, but you just feel like there's no point. I'm, I'm not good enough for this. I can't do my day to day. Changes in your sleep, insomnia, uh, sleeping too much, sleeping too little. Social withdrawal. So you used to like to be around people, used to, and now you just feel, I don't really want to be around anybody. You kind of keep to yourself. You, it can also be neglecting your self-care. So um, not wanting to take your shower, not wanting to brush your hair, brush your teeth, just overall, as well as um, not doing things that make you feel good anymore. As well as feeling numb or feeling generally apathetic about life, um, like nothing interests you anymore. Uh, and then we're gonna talk about what burnout can look like in children. So in children, so if this is, we've seen an increase of a lot of these behaviors in children in the past year. Um, and it's very normal for children to have external behaviors to burnout. So this can look like unexpected outbursts. They might be refusing to do work. It might come out in stomach aches. With younger children, we might see skill regression. So something that they used to be able to do now, they can't quite do that anymore. Anger, uh, defiance, so just not following directions, wanting to do their own thing. Um, and that might not be something that your child used, used to show before. We can also see perfectionism. They need to get everything perfect, 100%, 100%. That anxiety is starting to build up where they feel like what they can control, they want to make perfect. Uh, so they're looking for control in any way. We also see sleep regression with children, uh, overall negative outlook. They might become irritable. Uh, as well as clingy. You might notice they want to be around you a lot more. Uh, they don't know how to be by themselves. They're, they're looking for that comfort from a caregiver. So what are some strategies? Uh, so we're looking at this and we're thinking, wow, like I, I did notice some of these things in myself or in my children, um, and I didn't really realize that it's normal or that this is happening. What can I do? Um, there's a lot of things that we can look at that can start to help some of these emotions and behaviors. So we're going to look at some of these strategies now and overall figure out how can we tackle burnout to not only take better care of ourselves, but our family as well. Moving forward, we're going to start just looking at strategies that can help parents or guardians with themselves. So first strategy is accept where you're at, right? You can't be anywhere else. You have no control over this. So let's just sit back and accept where we're at. So what does this look like? Accepting where you're at, there's no right or right, right or wrong to feeling to feel right now. Okay. So you're allowing yourself to feel your feelings as close to the moment as they come up for you. If you push away unpleasant feelings, they only come out in different way, ways or they can come up stronger. So it's important to learn or to lean in into however you're feeling. Just allow yourself to feel. We're all feeling some type of feeling in regards to the pandemic and COVID. And we just need to be present and allow ourselves to feel. When we learn to trust that these feelings are transistent and they come and go, right? So they're just... Today may be a bad day, but that does not mean that tomorrow is going to be a bad day as well. And we can learn to use our thoughts and actions to navigate these waves of feeling. So what are you feeling right now? Have you had waves of different feelings over the past few weeks? Maybe you found yourself Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday feeling very irritable, but Thursday and Friday have been really good days for you and you feel really happy and you feel excited. You know, waves of emotions are coming and going throughout this pandemic. Uh, number two, transitioning, we're going to develop positive stress responses. 
So now that we looked at what could have happened if we don't manage our stress response, let's look at how we can develop positive stress responses amidst this pandemic, this crisis. So what does this look like? We as a family can manage our stress by being intentional and proactive with our stress response. So remember, we have a stressor that is what's happening and we have the stress response, our response to the stressor. And remember, it can be physical, um, psychological and behavioral, right? So those are the stress responses. This doesn't mean that we won't experience negative or maladaptive stress responses as well. It just means that we're bringing intentional intentionality to the process in order to migrate or reduce some of the negative effects unmanaged stress might have. Stress management is a is an additive process. So this means it's a positive process. So what can I do for myself? We must create a space to listen. Listen to what your body and mind are trying to tell you. This is very important. If you have a headache, that might be a stress response to the stressor. The sooner you listen, the better you'll be able to adapt. Be gentle with yourself. It's okay to have a bad day, right? Don't feel guilty. Don't beat yourself up. Be proactive with self-care. So we have to take care of those physical needs in order to take care of our emotional needs first, right? So we must sleep. We must eat. We must move. Um, just being in the pattern of the physical. And studies show that with combat soldiers, the closer they process the trauma to the traumatic incident, the less likely, less likely they were to have PTSD. So just looking at that. So the third thing that we can do is establish those healthy boundaries. So you want something that's not too rigid where you can't keep up with it and it's not sustainable. And you don't want something that's, you know, too preamble. You want to find that perfect spot for you. So what does it look like to set up a boundary? So first step in that in establishing a healthy boundary is to, as Ms. Calipora said, allow yourself to feel those feelings and then you want to challenge yourself to put boundaries around them for the future. So you want to, you, 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 let's say you find yourself feeling overwhelmed or you have an unpleasant feeling such as fear or anxiety. Uh, you you want to tell yourself, okay, I accept that I feel scared right now or I'm feeling anxious right now. Um, tell yourself, I'm going to watch this new station and this channel or read this story or read what they're sending in this in this group message, um, what, what kind of news they're sending and talking to me about. And I'm overwhelmed by it. I'm scared by it. OK, feel that you're allowed to feel that. Next, um, you kind of want to put a boundary around that. So you want to say, all right, I allowed myself to feel scared. I allowed myself to feel anxious. Uh, but now I'm going to make a rule for myself. Maybe that rule is I'm not going to watch the news until 12 o'clock today. Or maybe that rule is you're going to mute your WhatsApp group and you're only going to check it once a day because you notice that there's a lot of things being shared in there that are overwhelming for you. Um, and you want when you put those boundaries and you say, I'm only going to check that group once a day or I'm only going to watch the news at this time or past seven o'clock, I'm going to turn off the TV. Whatever that is, you want to curate that space for you uh, once you turn it off to do something else to get your mind off of it uh, choosing something that's going to make you feel good and you want to stick to that boundary um, so you have a time for that stuff and then you have a time for the stuff that makes you feel good next we want to talk about prioritizing the positive do what feels good for you. Uh, a lot of times we value a lot of things, but we might, we might not prioritize them. So what does that mean? What's an example of that? You might value family time a lot. And so you enjoy spending time with your family. However, you might have such a long day. You have to do work or you have to cook and you have to clean and you have to help with the homework. And there's so many things going on that the end of the day comes and you didn't get to spend time with your family. Uh, you don't even get 10 minutes. So, so what does that mean? That means you value family, but you didn't prioritize it. And that's going to weigh down on you because you're not living your life um, prioritizing the things that you value and doing things that you like to do. So how can we fix this? Um, it's easy, right? Um, what do you like? What find, find the things that make you feel good. 
you can create a list. You can even just bring it out on your phone and you notice, you know what, when I have my coffee in the morning by myself, that makes me feel good. So you're going to write down having coffee by myself or you take a warm shower after everybody goes to sleep or before everybody wakes up. That makes you feel good. Uh, watching funny videos uh, on the Internet, that might make you feel good. Whatever it is that makes you feel good, explore that and add them to the list whenever you notice it. So now you're being mindful of the things that you like to do and things that you notice make you feel good. And you might want to front load your day with that. So what does that mean? When you wake up in the morning, pick a couple of things from that list. So you're starting off your day in a positive way. So over time, um, you might start to notice this. A little trick that I have if you really feel like there's no time in the day, set your alarm for about 10 or 15 minutes earlier than you know what everybody in the house is going to wake up before everybody else wakes up set your alarm a little bit earlier and you'll have those 10 minutes to do whatever it is that makes you feel good and if you're ever feeling down look at that list that you wrote on your phone you're like you know i'm just gonna pick something off this list that i can do quickly All right, and the last one that we're gonna transition into is giving yourself grace. Extend the same kindness and forgiveness you give others, you give to others, to yourself. Sometimes we're our worst critics and we tend to love ourselves less than we love others because we feel that we're selfless and we wanna give everything to others, but it's important for us to take care of ourselves too. You can't pour from an empty cup, I like to say. You have to fill your bucket as well or your cup. So there's no right way to go through this. So just recognize that we all are going through this pandemic in a different way, in a different light, and there's no right or wrong answer. We need doesn't mean that you need to have a strict schedule to bring normalcy back to your days, but maybe you are a person who is coming into this time, have been overwhelmed previously by a script, strict schedule, so you're enjoying the leeway you may have. But remember, what you need is to give yourself permission to rest and to be more flexible with your schedule. And also as what Mrs. Hoje said, incorporating that self-care and those mindfulness pieces within your day. You can also practice gratitude, just doing a simple gratitude list in the morning, writing down three things that you're grateful for. And these don't have to be big things. They can just be small things like, I'm grateful for that it was a sunny day today, or I'm grateful for that I have two hands to be able to hold a pencil to write a note to my son. Whatever the case may be, just taking time for yourself to practice either a mindfulness activity or some type of self-care to help you stay grounded during this pandemic. Also give yourself space to make mistakes and stumble during this time. Everyone's making mistakes, it's okay. Despite what you may be seeing on social media, on the media in general, this is not a contest to see who can be the best quarantine person. This is real life and we're all being impacted in tremendous and different ways. This is a time to be gentle with ourselves, to allow ourselves space and time and forgiveness. This is not a marathon. Let's think about that. This is not a marathon, not a sprint, or excuse me, this is a marathon, not a sprint. So we don't know when this is ending, but we can do our best job to cope with the unprecedented times that have been presented to us. To remind yourself that we're all just trying to do the best we can with the resources we have. Also, we can strive to be centered. So what does this look like? We have a little, um, little emotional timeline here. So we have hyperarousal and we have, you know, the centered in resilience. He seems a little happy. And then we have hyperarousal, which he seems a little angry. So we can see our reactions to the crisis on the spectrum. On one end, you know, the hyperarousal, which is being numb to ourselves and what's going on. So maybe you're not showing very many emotions. Maybe you're just kind of pacing through your days with just nothing left to give. And then on the other end, the hyperarousal, we might be feeling extremely overwhelmed in a number of areas. We might be angry. We might be experiencing anxiety, hyper alerted, that kind of fight or flight system. We kind of feel our heartbeat jumping out of our chest a lot throughout the day. Ideally, we can take the middle road during the situation by practicing everything we talked about. Accepting our feelings, establishing boundaries, prioritizing the positive, and giving ourselves grace are all actions that help us cultivate resiliency needed to avoid extremes during this time. So taking those moments that we just talked about and incorporating in your life can help you strive to be centered.
So we kind of talked about what you can do for yourself. Um, but how can I help my child is something you might be thinking. Um, how do you help children manage their stress? So we're gonna look, look at that a little bit and talk about some techniques um, that we can do to create, like managing that stress for our child and creating a healthy um, example for them. So first thing that is important is establishing um, and enforcing a daily routine. That predictability is comforting for children. Um, it, it gives them comfort to know that there's that it's predictable, that there's a routine. It helps them manage time and it helps them stay on track, which can reduce stress. Um, a tip that I like to give uh, a lot of parents is to create a visual schedule for your for your child, something large, something maybe with colors. Um, it helps them to be able to track it and cross things off or just look at it. Um, place it somewhere that they can see it, whether that's in the kitchen or in their bedroom or in their workspace, somewhere more large and they could just look up and see what time it is or snacks. It's, it's really important to make it part of their norm. The more they see it, the more normal it becomes and easier to follow. Another tip that I like to give is to keep those work sessions short. Um, when we don't move, when we don't get out, when we don't do things, it gets hard to focus. We experience some of that brain fog. Um, we might be more distracted. We might have trouble finishing things. So break up schoolwork into 20 and 30 minute chunks. Um, and also include brain breaks. Put those in there, five minute breaks and, and include choices for your child here. It could be maybe they get to pick what they want for a snack or maybe uh, they get to go outside, message a friend. They can choose what game to play for five minutes. Give them choices here, some control in, in this part of the, uh, the break. Uh, also explain to your child that, you know what? We have break time and then we have work sessions. And since you have a break time during our work session, this is work time. It's important to give it their all during those 20 or 30 minutes. We wanna keep our child moving. Um, we're staying home now more than ever, as we kind of mentioned. And if we don't get out, if we don't get moving, we're going to be more stressed out. Um, movement helps release stress. Uh, and it affects the ability to focus. So that's why we got to look at how to incorporate these things into the day. So we also want to set expectations and boundaries for our child, but we want to let them off the hook sometimes. So how do we find balance in that? How do we stick to our schedule and stick to our boundary um, and our expectations, but be lenient? So we want to look at what if it was an extremely hard week that week? What if someone they know was impacted by a sickness or something at school had happened? Um, you can let your child maybe have a light cleanup that week, right? So maybe instead of doing a full, full cleanup of their room, they get to do a light one this week. Or maybe they can trade a chore with a sibling. They had a more stressful week, so they tell their sibling, have your sibling take on that chore and they'll pay it back next week or they'll do their chore for them at another time. Um, just a little bit of relief where you can find it goes a long way towards feeling relaxed and restored. Because when you're overwhelmed, the smallest thing just feels like a huge weight on your shoulders. And so when you give that little bit of leeway, you just feel like you can breathe again. Um, you know, and we want kids to learn from, from us, right? And this is teaching your child that it's okay for people to give themselves a break sometimes. We don't have to be on, on, on all the time. Um, and, and you can do this also by modeling that for them. So if you make a mistake or you um, don't have the answer to something, recognize that, that this, this happens. Um, and you know, you say, you know, I'm feeling sad right now and sometimes even adults feel sad or overwhelmed and this is what I'm gonna do to help me. Maybe you can do this. Um, they learn from watching us um, as well as labeling emotions. So sometimes you just want to let your kid know um, that you understand you'll just say, you know what, um, that sounds frustrating. That sounds really, really frustrating. Or I would be annoyed by that too. Um, and help them process what they're feeling so they understand that, you know what, they're not being dismissed. Um, it, I kind of uh, saw a great example the other day where it's like a pilot is um, on the plane and there's turbulence and you're feeling really scared that there's turbulence and the pilot says, 
um, oh, it's fine, it's fine, we're all good, nothing's happening. And then you you might be thinking, wait, does does he know that there's turbulence right now? Maybe, maybe he doesn't know because I'm feeling really scared. Um, just telling you, it's fine, it's fine. Or maybe you feel the turbulence and then the pilot says, oh, everybody be really careful. I'm trying to get this control. There's a lot going on. You might start to feel anxious or like he, what, he thinks he can't handle this. There's too much going on. Whereas if you feel the turbulence and the pilot says, excuse me, we're feeling turbulence right now. I, um, I'm i gonna handle it and we might feel it for the next two minutes. I know you might be scared, but we're gonna get it under control. And you're kind of like, oh, okay. I, I do feel scared because he does know there's turbulence going on. Uh, he feels scared, but he knows how to handle this. So we kind of want to think about that when, when our child is experiencing a really strong emotion. Validate that, say, I know you're feeling this way. Um, and then say, but here's what we can do to feel better, or here's what how we can change that, or it might last this long, and here's what we're going to do. Um, and lastly, do fun things together, right? We wanna build those relationships between you and your child. Try to spend time with each other that doesn't involve the extra work. Uh, it can help you both to relax, it can help you both to bond, and it sets that example for self-care. Self so, oh, mom and dad, or, or whoever's in the child's life is taking time to, do something fun. I, I never see them play a game or do something fun, you know, so you're setting that example, taking time for yourself. Um, you can do family game nights, um, maybe even just once a week where you everybody gets to take a turn picking the game. Maybe they want to do an at-home scavenger hunt, or maybe they want to do a puzzle. Or maybe you sit down and play Xbox with your child and show them that, you know, you want to see what's so fun about it. Um, do something that you're both going to have fun together with. So we talked about a lot of different strategies. And what I wanna kinda talk about now is find what works for you. We're all different. One technique is not gonna work for everybody. It might work for you, it might not work for your child, it might work for your friend, but not for you. Um, that doesn't mean that there is not the right technique for you. There is going to be a strategy that works for you. Um, it could be so many different things, right? It can be maybe you're the type of person that needs to get moving to feel um, stress relief. Maybe you need to rest. Uh, maybe it's setting those boundaries. Maybe it's feeling your feelings or listening to your body, taking breaks, feeling connected with others. Maybe it's spending time with a loved one. Um, we all have different needs and different things um, help us. So there's one thing that I want you to take away from this and that I want you to understand that you are not your job. Whatever, if it's your job or if it's your stay-at-home mom or whether you work outside of the home, whatever your job is, um, you are not your job and your responsibilities. You're your own person. Whatever it is can, it's going to be there when you get back. If you take a five-minute break, it's going to be there when you get back. If everybody's safe and you're safe, whatever it is can wait until you have time to kind of take a breath and come back. And um, I want you to take care of you and repeat it to yourself. You know, say, I don't have time to finish. If you say, I don't have time to finish this because I have to do this, 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 and this, and this. Um, it will, it's going to be there when you get back. So remember that. Uh, tell yourself, you know, I'm. it's going to be there when I get back. Um, I'm going to take this time to refresh, take care of myself, and then, and then do what I need to do. And try different things. Practice a couple different ones. Find out what makes you feel good, kind of like that list that we talked about. Um, don't don't give up on that. Um, and some days are harder than others. It's not um, an exponential graph. It doesn't just go up because some days you're gonna find yourself going down. You might feel like, oh, I'm not making progress or I felt really down today. That's okay. It's gonna go down then up, down then up. And we just want to see overall that you're making some of that progress. So after you've kind of weighed out the options and practice some different self-care tips and you know, you're incorporating those boundaries, you're caring for yourself, and you're also caring for your child. But sometimes, you know, you just, it's not enough. And that's okay, right? We're only one person. We can only, you know, take care of so much. So sometimes we need a little extra help. Oops. I'll go back to the slide and skip. Sorry. There we go. 
So consider for reaching out for help. So can either for yourself or for your child. And who do you go for when you need help? If your child's in school, you know, you can always talk to their school social worker, their counselor, even their teacher. You know, someone will refer you to get help or reach out to you or, you know, provide the right resources for you. As well as you can always contact your primary care physician, um, even a coworker at work, HR maybe at work, human resources. You know, there's different people available within your life that can get you the help that you need. And it's just kind of taking that first step to realize that you need more help and it's okay. And not being shameful that you need more help. Because again, you are one person and it's okay. We all need help from time to time. So moving forward, that concludes our presentation. It's now open for any questions that may be lingering or comments. Thank you guys for the great presentation. Uh, that was a very, very useful information and a very uh, perfect timing uh, for it. Uh, a question, uh, virtual learning removes the student from their social environment that they're uh, developed in. Uh, now I know that uh, at different age and different uh, stages of their school, there's different emotional dev developmental um, uh, strategies, but uh, how can uh, parents uh, compensate for what the student is missing uh, via virtual learning in terms of socialization and social development, social skill development? So um, I can kind of take that. If you want to add anything on this call for us, go ahead. Um, we kind of want to think, what can we do to still include some of that uh, socialization, whether that's playing with friends when they can online or practicing some of those skills um, with, with other siblings or playing games that are going to um, bring out emotional health. There's lots of resources online where they might talk about the skills um, and how to build them and watching a lot of things online uh, help with that as well. Um, and you know, you have to look at the risk and benefit. So you have to look at your own family. Um, if you feel like that socialization is strongly affecting your, your child, you might want to look at, okay, how much risk is there and how much benefit is there? And is there anybody I can bring into my bubble that I feel comfortable socializing, socializing, socializing with, my, with my student? Um, and you, you have to choose for yourself. Only you know your family, you know um, your comfort level. And this is where you really have to say, you know, trust yourself and your instinct and how much socialization you want to bring into your child's life. Thank you. Uh, Ms. Serbiano, you want to add anything before I ask the next question? Um, maybe just at a, like a, I'm not at an older um, adolescent age, but they can always, you know, create Google Meets to connect with students that they're not seeing daily. Um, I know a lot of high schoolers um, tend to do virtual lunch and, you know, you can do virtual movie nights. They can watch movies together, um, incorporating different games they can communicate with. I know sometimes we kind of are afraid of gaming systems, but they can, you know, incorporate a social aspect, of course, with boundaries and keeping it healthy and not overplaying the game, but for them to be able to connect through their headset and hear other people's voices or their other teenager friends or adolescent friends that can be very rewarding at the same time for them and also create motivation. Awesome, thank you. No problem. Um, have you uh, seen, you know, you've, you've seen through your uh, social work engagement with the students. Uh, if I were to ask you like, what are, uh, you know, the top, one, two, or three tips that you want to give to other students, what would they be? For sure, building that connection. I know we just kind of talked about it, but we as a human species, we are very sociable, right? Like isolation is not fun for anyone. And I know sometimes people, even like introverted people that prefer to be alone at times, they are still struggling with that lack of socialization. So just keeping in mind whether um, it's even just getting out in the community and observing people interacting, like what Ms. Jose said, you know the risk and benefit of your own bubble, but even if you can just get out and connect, you know, with nature, like a hike maybe, and you just pass other people on the trail and you wave hi, that's, that's connection in itself, that's community connection, right? So not being afraid 
to leave the house per se, but building more connection in different ways that, you know, you don't have to put yourself at risk for exposure because there's safe ways to do it. And we need, we all need connection. So for me, I think connection is most important. I'll let Ms. Jose share hers. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> no, for sure. I think that that um, it goes right hand in hand with that. I was going to say, like, find time, right, to go outside. Find time to do something different. Um, schedule it in there. Um, because sometimes when you write it down or you schedule it or you put it in your calendar, you're more committed to it. Um, we see a lot of times kids just get so stuck in this routine and then they might want to um, just the, we see like the two extremes where they don't even open up their laptop. They don't want to do anything. They don't want to try anymore or they're just so involved, like how many meets can I join? How many different things can I find online? And um, these extremes are not healthy either way. So finding that balance and putting in things into your schedule or into your routine that you're gonna commit to. And then of course, number two, well, yeah, balance. And then self-care too, for families as a whole, individually as a caregiver and individually as you know, the child, we all need to incorporate self-care and self-care looks different. Some people are more active, so self-care for them could be running on the treadmill, right? I'm not particularly fond of running on the treadmill, so that's not going to be a self-care aspect for me. But maybe I enjoy, you know, watercolor painting or sewing or whatever it may be, you know, kind of taking that time for yourself daily, like uh, Mrs. Hoje said, um, kind of scheduling it for yourself or just make like five minutes. Um, there's like this one, two, three rule that we kind of are familiar with in uh, social work, but if you feel like you can't do it, just say one, two, three, try it for a couple minutes. And if it feels right, continue on with it. But if you feel too overwhelmed, that's your body telling you, you know, let's just take a rest break. But whatever self-care looks for you, um, just be practicing that and just remind, remember to be kind to yourself as well. Thank you. I think with that, we've, we've come to an end of uh, our broadcast time. I'd like to remind uh, whoever is, is still with us or whoever is going to watch this later again that uh, today is April 30, 2021. It's Friday. On Monday, May 3rd, uh, those who have signed up, students who have signed up for in-school learning, they, will, they are welcome back to school. Uh, and everyone else will be uh, attending uh, via their laptops, uh, computers, the live sessions as scheduled as usual. Also for those who are members of the chess club, that the chess tournament is scheduled at 4 p.m. So if you are hearing me right now, you should probably sign up right now, sign to chesskit.com. And you will, uh, once you hit play a game, it will give you the option to join the tournament, join the tournament and wait it will start on 4 p.m. Don't leave it. Don't leave that room because if you join after four, it won't let you uh, join the tournament. Uh, also, for all our students, uh, we have talent show coming up uh, by the end of May. So we encourage you to sign up uh, for your show. It's easy this year because it's going to be virtual. So all you have to do is upload a video that will be shown. We are actually working on giving all participants some sort of a, a gift or recognition. Here's a little clip. This is something that is hard to find. I hope you enjoyed that song. Uh, so sign up on that link. Uh, I will post it in the comment section again. And um, we also have started podcasts for all our academies. So for example, this professional development will be posted in audio. So parents uh, or ed anyone actually can actually uh, listen to them while driving, while working. And basically all, just, all you have to do is search on any of the podcast platforms uh, the name of your academy, like Star International Academy, and Internet, and you'll find the podcast. This is kind of like the uh, the, the thumbnail for it, and uh, just join it. Uh, Spotify, iTunes, whatever uh, platform you use to uh, uh, follow the, the podcast. What else? Oh, congratulations, Star International Academy! Uh, you have been ranked the tenth best in the state of Michigan and math and reading performance. So 
congratulations out of over 600 schools uh, that's a great accomplishment and i know you're used to it but uh, congratulations again so um, uh, a reminder again ua uh, student government is running close for yemen fundraising every thursday 10 30 to 12 30 p.m in the parking lot and i think that is the end of my announcements i hope that you will have a great weekend thank you again miss brianna and miss ella for joining us and presenting this great presentation it will be available on the youtube channels for whoever wants to share it or listen to it again and everyone have a great weekend thank you for having us thank you hs academies have been serving the detroit metro area for over 23 years promoting academic excellence leadership and cultural diversity ranking as some of the top schools in the state of michigan our pre-K through 12th grade students enjoy tuition-free, state-accredited education by STEM-certified and highly qualified staff with no geographical restrictions, and with advanced placement, college dual enrollment, scholarship, and Arabic language programs. Nor International Academy in Sterling Heights at NIAPSA.org. Star International Academy in Dearborn Heights and in Canton at StarPSA.org. Universal Academy in Detroit at universalpsa.org and Universal Learning Academy in Westland at ulapsa.org. Join HES Academies today and enjoy a free Chromebook for every enrolled student. HES Academies have been serving the Detroit metro area for over 23 years promoting academic excellence, leadership, and cultural diversity, ranking as some of the top schools in the state of Michigan. Our pre-K through 12th grade students enjoy tuition-free, state-accredited education by STEM-certified and highly qualified staff with no geographical restrictions, and with advanced placement, college dual enrollment, scholarship, and Arabic language programs. Nor International Academy in Sterling Heights at NIAPSA.org. Star International Academy in Dearborn Heights and in Canton at starpsa.org. Universal Academy in Detroit at universalpsa.org. And Universal Learning Academy in Westland at ulapsa.org. Join HES Academies today and enjoy a free Chromebook for every enrolled student.